I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get Line. We've got uh, three lines open for you guys on this lovely Saturday morning. I know a lot of you are getting ready to go to baseball or what have you, but uh, softball, whatever. Get on the on the horn there, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, questions, and concerns. Otherwise, Bob and I will just be talking about our kids. Um, haven't had to do that really in 22 years, but you never know. Let's go on to uh, back to Bill in East Hartford. Hey, Bill. So what else do you got going on there? You had a second question. Yes. Um couple calls earlier they're talking about the smart tv making a smart tv yeah those are those android streaming boxes android uh apple you can get these little you know fire right, sticks you buy the boxes and but yeah. you just stream it only it's a one-time fee right you buy it well depends on the service you use so like for chrome you buy the device for 35 bucks right the chromecast device right and but you got to pay for netflix subscription but to get, you get all that stuff by just streaming Streaming. Well, there are free streams available that Google does, but if you really want the premium programming, you've got to pay for the service. Right. So it's either going to be Amazon Prime or Netflix or something similar to that. Right. Because I've seen them or i got one that I can go back and watch anything I want. Like anything? Like uh, I watch a lot of the old Wyatt Earps and okay. uh, any westerns uh, anything i mean it's amazing what it does where did you what uh, app are you using what do you mean what app what software are, are, well are, i bought this thing online where you can buy them at best buy anywhere else it yeah. turns your um tv into a smart tv right? yeah, yeah. use your wi-fi yeah and then i find some at movies you can find watch any movies from years past even some that are out now huh but what's the uh, device called do you know it's a Android streaming box, TV, Android TV streaming box. Oh, Android TV. Okay, that's an, yes. Android TV is another, uh, like my, I have a Sony TV and it's got Android TV operating system. Right, you run the Kodi program. Kodi. So that's, so basically that's the, uh, that's a pirating system, okay? Yeah. So Kodi is going to actually try to find, these are illegal streams of data where you know you're, you can try to find like exa- exactly what you said, Bill. You can search for all sorts of data uh, of uh, content out there, but it's technically not legal. Uh, you're using Kodi. Yeah. Your, your Android TV device is f- completely legal because you could also load Netflix on that if you wanted to, or, or all the other things. Kodi is the big question mark, and that's what we're we're saying. I'd be careful with that because we've seen or heard about that type of technology. Anything that's not legal could also be delivering nastiness to your system, right? You could be, it could be hooking you up with the dark web, which it probably is, and then delivering malware to your site, to your well, to your computer. If or you're running it through your uh, router, it shouldn't be. 
It's, sure. Well, again, uh, when you bring something in that you've asked for, routers can't necessarily stop that. So that's a big, a big misnomer in understanding what a router does. Uh, a router generally will generally will stop folks from the outside from banging in and getting through your your system but if you've invited it in think of it think of the bad guy as as a uh, vampire in the modern day right vampire can't come to your door unless and come into your house unless you invite him in the firewall is the same way the firewall will keep the vampires out until you invite them in using a malicious software like potentially cody could be right so when you invite the vampire in all bets are off Okay. All right. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Your setting on your router. Yeah. If you say, even though no matter what you let in, if that was like a high, if you had it on high and won't let nothing in, I guess. Well, again, when you make an outbound connection from your system, once you brought in a thing like Cody or anything that works with the dark web, right? Any tool that allows you to get to the, uh, the dark web, um, you then are going out from your device, and the router is not going to stop anything. It's going to allow Bill to make a connection outbound and then allow the communication to occur. So when you invite those types of things in, anything that's free, is there's a reason for it, right? Either you're the commodity and the bad guys want to figure out who Bill is and and trick you into giving them something somewhere down the road, right? Yeah. But the... Or, or what you're doing for now is just it's it's technically illegal, but it's. I've got a good article here that you might find uh, useful. Yeah, it's called uh, "Kill Kill the Cable Bill dot com," yeah. and it has a list of uh, TV scams, uh, scam websites and devices. Yeah, and uh, and it, it actually tells you the ones that they found that are actually scams. And deliver and malware. A lot. Of, sometimes they deliver uh, viruses. I can uh, attest to that because I've used some of the sites. And the other thing is, is that a lot of times they'll work for a while and they get shut down. Yes. And right. then you know you have to kind of reprogram it in order to make it continue to work. But basically, a lot of the source uh, streams that you get are illegal because they're they're streaming uh, pirated signal. They're copyrighted material, which yeah. is pirated. And again, if it's pirated, a lot of these folks embed bad stuff into the into the into the data because they're they're figuring. Well, if you're going to steal, yep. you're not going to mind getting the, the other payload they're giving you. Well, technically, they're not doing the stealing; you are. Right, they're making it available to you. It's like a honeypot in reverse. Okay, if that makes sense. Yep. All right, so I'd be careful, Bill. Yep. No, no. I'm just yeah asking. You know. Yeah, that's why we're here. Before. Uh... Yeah. Anything bad again happens. So. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, great. All right, Bill. Right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. All right. Bye-bye. And that is one of the misnomers of, of firewalls, is thinking that you are just protected by default. A firewall generally will block attacks from the outside, but the moment you establish a connection from the inside out, you are inviting the vampire in. Well, it's kind of like if I called you up and say, Eric, come on over to my house. Right. The key's under the rug. Right. You can come into my house anytime. Right. Okay. Right. Now, if you come to my house right. and you don't know where the key is or you don't have a key. I'm not coming Or in. let's say I have a keypad right. and I didn't give you the code. Right. You're not going to come in. You can knock on the door. Right. But if I don't open the door, you can't come in. You'll reject and that's Even kinda, if I'm ding-dong di- ditching you. And that's kind of <laughs> like what a router is. Kind of, yeah. Let's go on to uh, Mark in Avon. He wants to talk about TickBox. Hey, Mark. 
Oh, hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. So, first-time caller, so Great. pardon me if I'm a little nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Uh, so, the question... So, I was actually calling about TickBox. Yeah. Um, Do you use it? I saw a product like that for sale at the Big E a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, did some research on it. Yep. And... Uh, so their claim is that because it basically it's an advanced internet search engine. Yeah. And their claim is because it's available through the internet, it's public domain. So therefore it's okay. Okay. Yeah. The again. court cases have ruled that it's still copyrighted material. Of course. So therefore you can't use it without authorized use. Correct. So then the question is is who's breaking the law? Is it the company that's doing the search engine search that's breaking the law? Or is it the individual consumer? Who is using it without authorized use? Great, great question. I would contend the consumer is breaking the law more than the person making it available. Because look at it this way: you can go to the library. Remember yeah. the remember the old days? The library is giving you Moby Dick. You can go borrow it, but you can also go and copy it. Go to Staples and copy the whole book. Who's breaking the law? The library or you? Right. So no, I agree with you. I would just yeah. I was just wanted to make the comment that yeah. it is working its way through the legal system. Yeah, it was. It's another Napster style approach to content. Napster didn't work out so well. Yeah. Um, same idea. They said, "Well, hey, we're just making this available. It's not. We're not doing anything wrong here. We're just making this. It's just Bob sharing with Eric his music content. You know, nothing legal about that. Bob can make a mixtape for Eric, and uh, nobody's going to have a problem with that. But that's all Napster's doing. Remember? Yep. So actually, I don't remember, but that's okay. You don't remember Napster? It had a great uh, I run. Don't pay that, I don't pay that much attention oh, to it. But. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> I, have, I have my own life. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We're geeks and we have the problems. All right. Hey, so. thanks for the comment. Thanks for letting me talk. Of course, Bye. Mark. Bye-bye. Yeah, Napster worked kind of the same way. If you remember Napster back in the early 2000s, basically the way Napster worked was it would be the middleman um, through a network so that you could have your repository of MP3s that you ripped from your CD collection on your computer, right? It's on your machine and home. And then Napster would make the search engine available to say, geez, I'm looking for this Duke Ellington tune. And if you're connected to Napster anywhere on the planet and you happen to have this tune, it would come up in the search engine and say, oh, sure, this guy in, you know, in London's got the tune. Uh, he's happy to share it with you. Oh, great. What does that cost? Nothing. Oh, great. You download the tune and now you've stolen that Duke Ellington tune. But they used it as, you know, the sharing was occurring because obviously me and that guy in London would have just shared a mixtape anyways. That was their contention. Well, Napster was part of the dot-com boom bust, if well, you will. Yeah, but it was obviously illegal. Well. The artists who created the material no were not happy there. about all that sharing going on. I think there's a ton of stuff that's illegal that goes over the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the internet was pretty much designed for mostly, 50% of it was designed for illicit activity. Let's go on to uh, uh, a quick break here. We have four lines wide open on this lovely Saturday morning. Feel free to get online. I know you're out there thinking about mowing the lawn or spreading mulch or pulling weeds already, but, you know, we got a couple of pasty white computer geeks here with nothing to do, so feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Four lines wide open. If you ever want to get online, this is a good time to do it. Clearly, you guys have other things going on today. A lot of dump runs going on, I assume. Um, but uh, feel free to get online, and we'll do our best to help you out. So last week, I caught a little bit of hell 
from my wife because I talked about her. She's the worst cell phone user on the planet, right? And her phone was just dogging slow and having issues. And I told her, look, you got to clear the your text messaging cache. And after she did that, which took literally an hour to fight with state, so much cash built up, so many messages built up. Her, her phone was nice and fast, but she gave me heck for bringing it up on the, ra- on the radio. So I guess, you know, I can be honest about my cell phone usage. And uh, so we were at the Yukon Dairy Bar last night. Place was packed. I mean, they're making money hand over fist in Yukon Dairy Bar. That is the best ice cream on the planet. You, if you've been there, you know I'm, I'm not lying. And uh, my brother had texted me a picture of him hanging around a fire. Hey, come on over. And we said, oh, no, we're at the dairy bar. So I decided – so being a, a pasty white computer geek, you know, just under 50 years old, I don't take a lot of selfies. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Yeah, you know, I don't do that. So I had to ask one of the 19-year-old kids that were with us to help me with taking a selfie so I could send a picture back to my brother. So – I'm not that good at using some aspects of the cell phone either is what I'm trying to tell you. So, honey, if you're listening, I told that story. Okay, we're even? Are we even? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, truly, you don't want to you – know, I, I have no reason to give send out selfies. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Jim in Collinsville next. Hey, Jim. Uh, good morning. Boy, that was quick. Yeah, it's a, right now this morning it's a super fast service. But although the lines are starting to jam, come in, so everyone's waking up, I guess. What's going on? Yeah, I, I guess so. Anyway, before I get to my main question, I yeah. wanted to say uh, last week I was just starting to dial in with a couple of questions, yep. and somebody else called in with the same question. Oh, so sure. I, so I hung up, and that was about Android memory filling up. Oh, okay, yeah. And you suggested Clean Master? Yeah, did it work out for you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, good. Got rid of a lot of junk that I didn't even know was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. And also, you were talking about uh, cleaning out your computer, mm-hmm. getting rid of dust and stuff. Oh, right. Um, How dusty was your machine? Doing it. Well, I live in a dusty house in the first place with yep. two shedding dogs. Oh, my goodness. So it gets pretty dirty in there. Yeah. And usually twice a year... Uh, sometimes more often. Yeah. I take take it out on the deck. Yeah. Sl- slide the side cover off and use my leaf blower on it. <laughs> it, it looks like a major dust storm. <laughs> That's great. Um, but one thing I've been told you have to be careful of, though, is not overspinning the fans. Well, a leaf blower is a lot more powerful than you generally would want a machine to yeah, experience. Well, I, stand, I stand back quite a ways. Okay. And use the lowest setting on it. Have you ever heard of my story when I went on YouTube to figure out how to uh, de defreeze a uh, a water line in an ice maker in a, in a refrigerator? Uh, and I've done that a couple of times, but I didn't know you did. I did. I, I followed YouTube, and it told me to use a hair dryer. And being the not very handy guy that I am, I literally melted everything to do with the uh, the dispenser. <laughs> So I was clearly too close. Not <laughs> don't, good. Yeah, don't get too close to your computer. So obviously you know that. So what's going on with you, Jim? Uh, well, a few months ago, well, probably more than that now. Yep. Um, I upgraded to Windows 10 from Windows 8. All right. On my Acer desktop. Okay. It was a, it was a few weeks before the end of the uh, free. Yeah. Windows 10 deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything worked fine. Still does, except for one thing. Okay. Uh, I have a drone. Yeah, what kind of drone? It's a DJI Phantom. Nice. Which version? 
uh, standard. The first, like the early version? Yeah. Okay. Phantom Phantom 3. Oh, that's what I've got. All right, go ahead. Cool. Anyway, um, I'm sure you know it can take a USB cable. It can. Connect it to my computer and copy photos or videos. Correct. Well, ever since I upgraded to Windows 10, when I connect it, it tells me to insert a disk into drive whatever it comes up as G, I think. Okay. Like it thinks it's a... a uh, yeah, I was going to say a floppy drive, as, yeah. if, as if it's a, a CD drive, and there's no disk in it. Right. It's looking for a driver for your for your drone, the USB driver, because it doesn't know how to communicate with it. 8.1 knew what to do, Right. and 10, they didn't include the driver for it. And so what I'd recommend, though, Jim, is to take the little tiny micro SD card out of the drone and put it into a card reader. Yeah, I did that did that last week, and it worked fine. That's what I'd recommend you continue to do. Okay. But, try, uh, trying to make your drone communicate in that way, it may not be worth it. Or you can try downloading the latest driver, like Bob said. You could go to DJI's site and see if they have a Windows 10 driver uh, hmm. for that interface. But because, it, like Bob said, it's not seeing the, the device, the drone, as a proper USB device, as it used to on Windows 8. Okay, well, I've been getting around it by connecting it to my laptop. It right. works fine there, which is also Windows 10. Oh, sure. They're obviously... And, and then copying them through the network over to my desktop. Yeah, so obviously there's a driver you're missing, like Bob said. The question is, which driver? Why does it see that drone differently on this Windows 10? It did not, uh, did not bring down an update or convert the driver that was there to see that device. You may want to uninstall the DJI, soft, DJI software on your computer and reinstall it. I don't think there is any. Well, there is um, interface software. I'm trying to think back now. Um, most of my work I do on my tablet and my phone. I haven't really done much with the computer because I uh, just take the little micro SD and copy it over. But um, I think there's software you can download. Let me just double check that for you, Jim. Uh, we can do that during a break. I'll take a peek. I don't remember ever putting anything, downloading anything. But also, I'll add, I discovered a couple of weeks ago, even if I connect my, my Canon... Oh, no, it's not a can. A Fuji digital camera. It does the same thing. Oh, okay, stop then. Stop right there. It's your USB driver on the on the machine itself that's not updating. I see. So what, do you know what motherboard you have? Uh, not offhand, no. So there's a problem, though, with uh, the Windows 10's looking at that USB interface. It doesn't know what to do with it. So you need to find the manufacturer of your motherboard and download the uh, window, the USB drivers or... You could risk removing the USB drivers from your control panel and hoping Microsoft detects, detects them properly this time and loads the Windows 10 flavor. I see. Because they've done something with your USB drivers that are not Windows 10 compatible right now. I, I think I've done that, but I'll do it again to make sure. Okay. that's Those are your steps. you got to figure out what board you have and try to go to that manufacturer's site and see if they've got Windows 10 USB drivers for you. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yes, I do. All right. Thank you very much. You got it, sir. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yep, you too. Yeah, that Phantom 3 is a lot of fun. We're going to step out for a quick break. We've got uh, three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything's posted slowly on computertalkwithtab.com, Facebook, and then Twitter. We'll be right back.
And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. A couple lines still open on this lovely Saturday morning. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, let's get on to your calls. We're going to go to George in East Windsor first. Hey, George. George, you there? George is listening again on the radio. <laughs> Seven seconds to George. <laughs> George, you there? George. George, I know you're there, buddy. I can hear you. I can hear you breathing. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he's not going to pick up. George going once. George going twice. I hear him coming. You there, George? George. How about now? Oh, my goodness. Now I got you. All right, good. Hey, quick question for you. Um, I'm thinking about using Pandora on my smartphone in my car. Uh-oh. My USB port. Yep. Now, if I listen to it, how much data do I chew up? Probably a lot. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. All right. Yeah, I, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think you could probably find that out. We could do a search to see what it is per per half hour, maybe or per hour, to see if we can tell you exactly what you're going to chew up. Yeah, no, if, it, if it's a lot, I mean, I'm, I'm not obviously not going to do that. But let me uh, another thing, another quick question that you kind of uh, segue to earlier when you started talking about your DJI uh, three drone. Yeah. If you were to buy another drone, a DJI, because I'm looking at those right now, and I'm looking at the fours, and I'm also looking at, uh, oh, I have my friend. Is it the Dragon, the compact one that folds up? Yeah. Uh, what would you do if you bought another one? What model would you buy? I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Thank you. Yep, sure. Um, so the, I'm a big fan of the DJI. I've got a three, and it basically it's it kind of idiot-proof, which is helpful for me because uh, – you know, you could easily fly these things into a building. Uh, the four is smarter than the three in that it's supposed to assist and uh, prevent it from banging into things, which is good. Um, you can get backpack cases, which I have done for my three, that allow you to carry it. And because uh, obviously, if you want to have a drone, you want to take uh, spectacular uh, pictures. You're going to take it with you, and just grabbing it by its hull and walking around with it's kind of impractical. So. DJI has a great case for the three and the four that you can put on a backpack and, and safely carry multiple batteries because you're going to need them because it go it chews through batteries like crazy and I'll allow you to trek it wherever you're going to go to capture your your scenery or wherever you want to capture. The folding one does seem intriguing. I don't know how powerful it is um, as far as how long it'll last or, or what have you. I would contend it may not last as long. You may want to check the batteries. So if it were me, I would stick with their tried and true um models the three and the four well the four obviously because it's the latest one and if you're an apple user the four is supposed to be more in line with apple it's supposed to kind of work um more directly with it i get android i use android phone and android tablet for my dji it works beautifully one of the great things about it too is that when you capture your video from your drone you can actually have it transmit wirelessly automatically um to your device so in the instances that I used it for the marching band, I had the drone hovering over the marching band at the 50 or the middle of the field, 50 yard line. So you could see the very complicated forms that the kids were producing. And I could then instantly share that image with the band directors so that they could actually bring it up and show in their classroom that next morning um, how the kids were doing with their with their drill. So it gives you the ability to rather quickly um, get the information out there. You can also broadcast. I know the Yukon Marching Band uses a DJI uh, drone in their 
some of their videos. I've seen them. Um, they've done live Facebook broadcasts uh, via the drone. You obviously use audio uh, in a stationary fashion and then sync it up with the drone uh, and, the, and the video that's flying over, and it, it really it really is spectacular. Uh, so it's a fairly affordable toy as well, um, and it works really well. I mean, it, the technology is amazing and keeps getting better. So I guess I didn't really answer your question other than the fact that I think I would lean toward the 4 um, versus the little fold-up guy. Um, that's just me. So let's go on to Kathy and Canterbury next. Hey, Kathy. Hi there. What's up? Um, I loaded. I had some software Hoyle card games on my computer before Windows 10, and once it's once we uh, I switched over to 10, it stopped working right, and so I thought maybe it was, the software wasn't compatible. So I ordered some more, uninstalled the old stuff, and reinstalled the new, and it's still not working. Oh, and are we sure it's not still not compatible? Could it be that the software, um, the, the card well, game says, software, isn't? It says it's compatible with Windows 10. When you say it's not working, is it not running? Is it, what? Well, uh, when, what, uh, before I reinstalled the new stuff, it was coming up, both of them, because there's two different ones, oil card games and board games. Um, it was coming up, and it was full size, but it was a, shifted over to one side of the screen, so you couldn't see the whole game. Um, now one of them's still coming up that way, and the other one's giving me an error message, and I sent you an email, and for some reason I can't get into my sent mail. <laughs> You're having all sorts of issues, Kat. Oh, I know. Oh, here it is. Um, the other one is now coming up with an error message that reads, OpenGL 2.0 does not seem to be supported by this system. You may need to update your graphics driver to use this software. Now, there it is. Oh, okay. There's your answer right there. So how do I... Uh, so, yeah, this, so you've upgraded to Windows 10, it sounds like, like you just said earlier, right? So yeah. Microsoft is just killing us. Um <laughs> They're supposed to check before they perform these updates. They're supposed to say, okay, Kathy's machine can accept our stuff. And maybe they're, maybe your system can because you are able to display Windows, right? But you're not, oh, yeah. you don't have the proper OpenGL graphic, car, uh, graphic driver for Windows 10 for your video card that you do need. So step one is you have to know what kind of video card you have. And I don't know that, but right. I can find out. Okay, good. If you then find out the video card, you should, you should then download the latest Windows 10 OpenGL graphics drivers. If you do that, it should solve your issue with this and other graphic-intensive games. Okay. Because Microsoft chose poorly. So download GL 2.0 for... Wait a minute. You'll have to know your, your video card yeah. and then go to the manufacturer's site and download the Windows 10 graphics driver for it okay now, it's very specific um so just be sure you know the the uh, make and model of your video card and then navigate to the, the manufacturer's site and download the windows 10 driver okay now is that going to solve the problem for both of them me seeing one of them is not giving me that message yeah so one of your issues is that it's off to the side you can't see it right and that's what it was doing on the old software too yeah so that would contend it's a graphic issue right it's displaying improperly Right. So I would contend that it could solve both issues. Okay. We'll only find out once you update. But you know you need an updated driver purely because of this warning you're getting. Right. And what's really funny is it says, when I close the message, it says, um, I get a message that's telling me that Microsoft will get back to me if they find a solution. Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. They're not, isn't that nice of them? Yeah, I'm sure it's higher on their priority list. Yeah, it's right up there with, uh, you know... 
make a better make a better operating system. It's it's all up there. It's right up to, right on top of their list. I'm sure they'll get in touch with you right away. <laughs> yeah, right. No, they haven't. It's been it's been a while. I like these card games. Yeah, right. So just go and just get update the driver yourself. Microsoft is clearly not going to find it for you. The other drawback would be though if your manufacturer doesn't have a Windows 10 driver, and then you can call Microsoft and ask them why they allowed you to update in the first place. Right. And they I won't care. Win- uh, well, okay. It was set up with Windows 7 when I started this. Right. And then they encouraged you because of the free update to upgrade. Right. And they're supposed to check and say, hey, well, before you do this, Kathy, let us check to make sure your system will work perfectly. And they said it would. Yeah, my son-in-law built this computer, so... Oh, good. He should be able to tell you exactly what you need. need. Otherwise, you've got to disown him. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm married to my daughter. <laughs> my granddaughter. And by the way, this is the first time I've ever called any oh. online radio show well we're happy to have you this is a good time because right now the, the calls are kind of sparse so it lets yeah, folks like you in oh they've only got three calls i'll try this yeah thanks sent, like i said they sent an email yeah we get a lot of email so we're like you're we do our best to respond to everybody <laughs> we get so much email all right well you can delete mine right, thanks kath okay thank you all right bye-bye bye uh, yeah, feel free to get online. We have a couple minutes left before the top of the hour. You can probably get another call or two in, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Right in line with Kathy's call is a article we have here from uh, Network World, one of my favorite sites for geek technology news. The headline is, Avoid Manually Installing Windows 10 Creators Update. Problems have emerged with the update assistant, forcing Microsoft to issue a warning about manually upgrading to Windows 10 Creators. Uh, the Windows 10 Creators update began rolling out April 11th, but impatient users could do their own upgrade as early as April 5th, thanks to the utility called the Update Assistant, which downloaded and installed the update for you. A lot of people jumped on this offer, and thanks uh, to a few blowups, Microsoft has found problems with the update and now advises users to ma- not to manually, upgra- uh, manually install the Creators update and wait until it, until it is automatically offered by the boys of Microsoft and girls. Um, so again, it's the year 2017, about to hit May. This is Windows 10. They have an update called Creators. It just sounds pompous, right? The creators update. It just sounds pompous, over the top, and it's blowing up. Come on, Microsoft. It reminds me of Star Trek episode with the V'ger. V'ger, yes, V'ger. That wasn't their best movie. No, but the concept was pretty cool. Yes. It collected all the space junk and made itself better than it was. <laughs> That's true. But the, and it yeah, was the looking creators. for the creator. Well, it's, it's great. It doesn't sound pompous. <laughs> it's just creepy pompous. This is the creator's update, and it could blow up on you, so let's wait until we give it to you. <laughs> and it mistook Captain Kirk as the creator. It did. What do you think Microsoft's going to mistake the creator's update for? Is it Mr. Uh, Gates? Gates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we'll have a we have a we can post this for you guys to take a look at it. Um, but uh, I just can't believe that Microsoft has these kinds of issues still, still with their software. Well, it makes that uh, every OS sucks. Yeah, so relevant, even more relevant. So we'll put it up there for you. So we're gonna step out for a quick break. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Doctor Alessi's in the green room getting ready with healthy rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice, and then after that, I think you've got uh, garden talk. You probably got some pet talk and some possible law talk. Maybe no. I see there's some Red Sox coming in around three o'clock. So I think right, yeah. So uh, but stick around here at WTIC. We're gonna step out for a quick break. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. More Microsoft news for you. Uh, this is another one. Microsoft took six months to fix an Office exploit. More than one billion, with a B, Microsoft Office users were at risk from an exploit that let hackers hide malware inside of Word files. And they knew about it for six months. Only reason it was finally talked about is because it was uh, you know, brought up by uh, hack- at a hacking conference. So basically, Microsoft released a patch uh, to solve this issue on April, 8th, uh, April 11th. But, it, it, but between the time that they learned about the flaw and actually fixed it, the Chicago Cubs had won the World Series. Samsung Galaxy Note 7 was recalled twice. President Donald Trump was sworn into office. NASA found seven extra planets uh, likely to host life. So basically, a lot can happen in six months. And the boys at Microsoft, again, and girls, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> boys and girls at Microsoft, decided not to fix this exploit. And again, you got to wonder what's going on here um, when these these companies know they have an issue um, and, and don't fix it. You know, they didn't, and they didn't want. Here they're saying Reuters said that fixing the problem was tricky because they didn't want to warn users without tipping off hackers. Look, guys, the hackers are way ahead of them. <laughs> way way ahead of them. We had some other news. Uh, Webroot. Uh, antivirus had an issue recently. Antivirus programs uh, have a very tough job, right? They have to protect us from the bad stuff that's out there, and they have to be very current and very nimble. And uh, Tuesday morning, I heard Matt Lauer tell us all on the Today Show <laughs> that Webroot affected hundreds of thousands of systems globally thanks to an update that they did. The update was updated for 13 whole minutes, and it brought down hundreds of thousands of systems because what it did was it falsely identified good files as bad. And I'll tell you, in the computer world, that's not a good day. Um, And Webroot said, well, you know, we've got to be very nimble and very fast to make sure we protect our customers. They they protect millions and millions and millions of systems. And they say they had to be fast to protect their customers from the, all the bad things that are out there on the uh, internet. But my my question would be, what the heck were they protecting us all from? That they had to do this update that did so much damage that they couldn't at least run it for a few minutes on their own stuff. You know, can't they release these updates on their own business systems before they release it to the the globe? You know, it only took 13 minutes to realize it was a problem. So just stick it on your own stuff first. Five minutes, ten minutes, you know. Give it to the president first. Thirteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the president of Webroot's computer first. If he goes down and he starts screaming in his corner office, <laughs> you might have a problem before you release it out there. So we had that going on this uh, this past week. Also, a company called Unroll.me, they were hit with a privacy suit over alleged sale of user data. So I don't know, have you heard of this program, Bob? Unroll.me? I've never heard of it. It's an inbox cleanup service. So what it does is it cleans up your inbox, your, your, your email inbox. And it turns out what they were doing <laughs> was reading customers' emails and checking to see if they use Lyft. And if they use Lyft, they would give the information over to um, Uber. Say, hey, these guys use Lyft. 
you may want to try to email them and let them know they're, you know, maybe, maybe they want to use your service, Uber. So they're selling the data. And of course, this service is what? Free, right? And so the comment from the, um, from the CEO, Jojo Hedaya, his comment was, it's heartbreaking to see that some of our users were upset to learn about how we monetize our free services. Guys, if it's free, you're the commodity. <laughs> I mean, just stop right there. If it's free, you're the commodity. Your free email from Hotmail and Google, do you, Yahoo, do you think they're giving it to you out of the kindness, the kindness of their corporate hearts? Oh, absolutely. Well, of course. Profits are evil. Yes, of course. We don't want to make money. We want to be poor. Yeah, they're giving it away for nothing because they're reading your email. So, Who wants to be paid for their hard work? <laughs> exactly. So let's go on to your calls. You guys are giving us a ring. Joe in Lakeville. Hey, Joe, what's up? Good. Hi. Um, Quick question. Yeah. I have Comcast Internet here, and Uh it goes out every once in a while. Yeah. Would it pay to get, like, Frontier as a backup or cellular? Or cellular? How critical is this? Is this for home use or is this for a business? It's basically for a business. Yeah. So, yes, if you have a cloud-based system that you need to interface with, let's say, you know, it's a ERP system or some sort of uh, HA, who knows what type of system you're using. Uh, if it's critical to be connected to the cloud, you you really need a backup service if Comcast keeps going out. So it would make sense. Obviously, if you can't service your customers because your internet's down, you know you need to have a failover. So you need to get a second connection, you know, either Frontier or cellular. Okay. And many firewalls offer... Uh, an automatic failover so that if the main primary connection goes down, you can get to the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so, what about satellite? We were thinking of that also. Is that? Not really something that I see much out there as far as good Internet failover. A satellite okay. has good download speeds, mm. but it typically relies on a dial-up, if you will, for the upload. So that's mm-hmm. going to be slow. Yeah. Are you? Do you have good cellular service where you are in Lakeville? No. Very poor. Oh, right? boy. You know, that's what I was thinking. So then your your only option will, will be DSL as a failover. Okay. But it's worth doing if you have outages uh, often. It makes sense. Okay. Good yeah. enough. All right, Joe. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is one of the issues with the cloud. If you have any of your abilities to communicate with your customers that are in the cloud and not on your local on-premise and your internet goes down, you do have to pay for additional connections to the cloud. The other alternative, albeit crazy to talk about, is to bring those things on premise, because if the internet goes down, you don't care. Yeah, but then you got to back it up. Are you still doing the cloud? <laughs> you still got to back your stuff up. And I was talking to somebody else, Office three sixty five. Uh, hey, my stuff's in the cloud. I don't need to back it up. Yeah, you do. Office three sixty five is only going to protect you for thirty days. There are whole services out there to back up your email because you don't want to get quote unquote Hillaryed and have your email deleted. Because um, they only have to protect it for 30 days. So keep that in mind when you're dealing with the cloud. Just because it's out there, check your, uh, your user license agreement to make sure you understand who's responsible for your data. Many times, if not almost all the time, the cloud provider is not. So you have to protect your data no matter where you stick it. And that's just something you got to do. <laughs> We're going to thank you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. 
Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Stick around. Dr. Alessi's up next with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. He's got a whole crew of people out there in the green room. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Garden Talk and uh, probably some Pet Talk and maybe a little Law Talk and then the socks. Uh, I guess we're playing today at 320. So, See you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.